Amen. All right, well, we're there in Malachi chapter number three, and we're still trying to work on these uh, mics, just so you know. So uh, we might have to communicate with uh, the guys in the back, uh, but if you would be patient with us, we would appreciate that. Malachi chapter three, of course, on, on Sunday nights, we've been going through this uh, series uh, called Undisciplined, and we've been looking at areas in, uh, in our lives where people may be undisciplined or where they might be able to use a little more discipline. And of course, this has given us some very specific and uh, unique sermon topics. I think in the Sunday night series, I've preached on some topics uh, that that I've preached on before, but I've never done full-length sermons on any, maybe any one of these uh, topics. Of course, the Sunday night service is a little more of a casual service. Uh, Sunday morning is a little more uh, formal as we're going through the book of Philippians, but Sunday nights we take favorites and all that, so we can do uh, some things that are a little more uh, interesting. And over the last uh, couple of weeks or several weeks, as we started this series, of course, we started with a sermon on laziness. And I've preached on laziness in the past and done entire sermons on laziness. But then the last time we were in this series, um, I did a sermon. We learned about tardiness and about being uh, on time and prompt. Uh, to the places we're supposed to be. Tonight, I'm preaching on the subject of cleanliness, and I've never done an entire sermon on tardiness. I've never done an entire sermon on cleanliness, but here's what I believe. I believe that the Bible teaches you everything you need to know about everything, and I believe that a Bible-believing church should preach everything the Bible teaches. So the Bible teaches about tardiness, and at some point, there should be a sermon on it. The Bible teaches about cleanliness, and then at some point, there should be a sermon on it. And I'm here to tell you the Bible teaches a lot about cleanliness. So this is going to be a very specific, very applicable sermon, and uh, we're just kind of going through this series, hitting these unique topics on the subject of being undisciplined. And sometimes people can be undisciplined when it comes to cleanliness, when it comes to uh, being clean and keeping things uh, clean around you. And of course, there's a very famous quote uh, that people like to uh, give uh, in regards to cleanliness and Christianity, and the quote is this. I'm sure you've heard it. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Who's ever heard somebody say that? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, I hate to break it to you, but that's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't actually say cleanliness is next to godliness. The Bible doesn't actually say God works in mysterious ways. Uh, there's lots of you know different things that uh, people say that the Bible doesn't actually say. Cleanliness is, a, uh, is next to godliness is not a phrase that is found in the Bible. However, it may be a very true statement. Uh, and the reason I say that is because throughout the Bible, you find that God emphasizes. You may be surprised how often God emphasizes this idea of cleanliness. And I don't have time to go through all the passages and all the scriptures uh, in regards to that, but I want to just show you some things as we uh, begin tonight. I feel like it's just a tiny bit echoey for me. If you could maybe help me with that and make it a little fuller, I would appreciate that. Malachi chapter 3. If you look at verse 1, I want you to notice what the Bible says. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. This is a of course, a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ coming into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice verse 2, but who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? 
for he. Now, the he there is referring to the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice how the Bible describes the Lord Jesus Christ. For he is like a refiner's fire. And I want you to notice the last little part of this verse. It's very interesting. It says, and like, who's like? He's like, the Lord's like, the Lord Jesus Christ is like fuller's soap. Isn't it interesting that the Bible actually uses soap as an illustration of what the Lord is like? The Bible tells us that the Lord is like a refiner's fire. What is a refiner's fire? Fire, when a refiner uses fire, it is a way to heat metal up in order to bring out the impurities, to bring out the dirt and the grime in order to purify metal. The Bible tells us that he is like refiner's fire, and then he tells us he's like fuller's soap. That's why when you start walking with Jesus, he starts cleaning you up. You start walking with Jesus, he starts, he starts washing you up. The Bible actually refers to God, uh, to Jesus specifically, as uh, fuller's soap. He's soap. So this idea that cleanliness is next to godliness may not be that off. I mean, when the Bible uses soap as an illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, and like I said, I don't have time to go through all the passages. I'll just give you a couple of highlights. You're there in Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. If you would go into the book of John in the New Testament, you're in Malachi. So all you need to do is go into the New Testament. You have the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 13. All throughout the Bible, there is, uh, in the Bible equates cleanliness, washing with spirituality. And again, I could we could spend all night looking at all sorts of verses. I'm not going to do that. But it equates washing to salvation. It equates washing and cleanliness to sanctification. Here's an example of salvation. John 13 and verse 4. The Bible says, He, referring to Jesus, riseth from supper and laid aside his garments. This is, of course, after the famous uh, Lord's Supper or Passover that Jesus took, the last supper that he took with his disciples. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And uh, notice verse 5, after that he, that's Jesus, poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Look at verse 8, just for sake of time. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And of course, this was an illustration or a picture of salvation. Later in the chapter, he talks about the fact that not all of them were clean because Judas was there. And Judas was not saved, of course. And all throughout the Bible, we find this idea of cleanliness being equated to salvation and spirituality. In Ephesians chapter 5, you have to turn there. In fact, I'd like you to go with me to the book of Proverbs, if you would. Proverbs chapter 24. You open your Bible just right in the center. You'll more than likely find the book of Psalms. Right after Psalms, you have the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 24. But in the book of 
Ephesians in chapter 5, we are told that the church is subject unto Christ and that Christ is the head of the church. And we're told that he washes the church with the water of the word and that he is cleansing it and removing every spot and preparing it uh, for the day of his coming. So all throughout the Bible, uh, salvation and sanctification, spirituality is equated with this idea of cleanliness. And of course, so, so, so the quote, though it's not in the Bible, may be a very accurate quote. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Of course, tonight, we're not necessarily just talking about spiritual uh, cleanliness, but we're talking about physical cleanliness, because the Bible talks a lot about physical cleanliness as well. Now, we're going to give you some thoughts in regards to this idea of cleanliness, kind of three different areas that I want to hit. The first one is, is more of a way of introduction, but it is this. What cleanliness reveals about you? What cleanliness reveals about you? See, there are some implications when it comes to cleanliness or to the lack thereof. See, uh, the, how clean you are, how clean you personally are, or you tend to be in the area you live in, it shows something about you. It reveals something about you. There are some implications in regards to cleanliness or some implications in regards to the lack of cleanliness. Uh, the word implication means a conclusion that can be drawn from something. And here's the point that I'm making. When you look at somebody who is... Uh, uh, habitually, chronically unclean. They don't uh, uh, keep themselves clean or they're habitually, chronically unclean in the areas they live in. Maybe their room or their house or uh, their apartment, wherever they live. Maybe their car or whatever it might be. Here's what you need to know. According to the Bible, it reveals something about you. Now, I'm not trying to pick on you uh, uh, tonight. I haven't been to your house or uh, I'm sure if I've been to your house, it was clean when I was there. Uh, so I'm not, uh, you know, if your house is dirty, I'm not against you. I'm just trying to help you. But there are some things that cleanliness reveals about, about you. You say, what are those? Well, first of all, and, and really, I'm, I'm saying what cleanliness reveals about you, but maybe what, the way we should say it is what the lack of cleanliness reveals about you. The lack of cleanliness reveals some things. What are they? First of all, that uh, a laziness brings forth filthiness. When someone is not clean or when they don't keep their areas clean and organized, it reveals laziness. Proverbs 24. Look at verse 30. Now, I don't want you to be, don't be mad at me. I mean, I don't mind if you're mad at me. I'm used to people being mad at me all the time. But, um, you know, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Notice what the Bible says. Proverbs 24 and, third, and, and verse 30. Proverbs 24, 30. We've looked at these passages recently, but I want you to see it again. Proverbs 24, 30. The Bible says, I went, this is Solomon, the wisest man on earth. God made him the wisest man. He gives us these proverbs that are full of wisdom, these little stories, these anecdotes that are full of wisdom. Notice what the wisest man on earth said. He said, I went by the field of the slothful. He said, I went by the field of the lazy man, a sloth. If you know what the animal a sloth is, they uh, sleep, I think, like 20 hours a day. They're not very active animals. And when it comes to your work ethic, you don't want people to describe you as a sloth. 
He says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. A man void of understanding, somebody who is not smart. They don't understand. They don't comprehend some things. And notice what Solomon noticed when he, he said, he said I, I, I took a little trip. I, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. He says, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. See, Solomon here tells us that he went on this little trip, and he went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding and he said he saw how he uh, kept uh, his area he looked at the upkeep of his area and he said it revealed something about that individual what did it reveal that they were lazy see laziness brings filthiness cleanliness when an area is clean when you walk into a room walk into an office walk into a home get into someone's vehicle and it's clean and Organized. You know what it says about that person? Here's a person that's not lazy. I wonder if Solomon was taking a walk around your neighborhood. Wonder if he peeked into your backyard. Wonder if he went into your room. You know, some of the young people are here tonight. I wonder if Solomon opened the door into your bedroom and looked inside. What would it reveal about you? Because cleanliness reveals things about you, and the lack thereof reveals some things about you. He said, I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns. He said it was broken down. He said, and the meadows had covered the face thereof. He said, the way that they kept their property, the way that they kept their area, showed something about them. And look, you don't need Solomon to tell you that. Go into the ghettos. Come soul winning with us into the ghettos. And look, we love poor people. We spend a lot of time reaching poor people and, 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 and ghetto people. And I, you know, I live in the, in the ghetto. I mean, I'm, we're, all, we're all for it. But here's the truth. You go up and down the streets of the ghettos of America today as we go out every week knocking doors, preaching the gospel to people. You say, why do you go to the poor neighborhoods? Because they're receptive. That's why. Amen. But you know what you notice? A bunch of filth. You know what you'll notice? A bunch of trash. You know what you'll notice? You'll, you'll have people will open their houses and, and just, just clothes everywhere, dirty diapers everywhere, just trash cans just overflowing. Why? Because uh, cleanliness or the lack thereof reveals something about you. You don't believe me? Go, go down the street into these homeless camps. You ever wondered how homeless people can create so much trash? I mean, we've got homeless people that camp out in front of our building from time to time, and it's amazing what they'll do on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. They've been, they're, they're laying there. I mean, I, I come into work and I, I watch them. I mean, they're, they're just laying there. They're not doing anything, but yet it seems like the trash just accumulates around them. And then they leave and just leave. Their, look, I'm not trying to offend you. I realize people don't like uh, people pointing these things out, but go to the homeless camps and tell me they're not just a landfill of trash. Yeah. You say, why is that? Here's why it is. Because uh, a filthiness reveals laziness. It reveals the fact that somebody doesn't have character. Somebody doesn't have integrity. Somebody doesn't have effort. Why? Because it requires work to clean. 
I'm not talking about uh, being rich or having uh, nice things. You know, my wife and I, for years, we, we, of course, in ministry, we've always tried to be given to hospitality and, and, and be hospitable for pe- to people. Just this last week, we had uh, a, 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 an event in our house. Or I think we had over 30 people in our house this last week for a meal. And my wife and I always joke around. We don't have the nicest house, and there's some things that are that need to be upgraded and fixed. And, 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 and one day, Lord willing, we'll be able to do that. But we've always said this. It can at least be clean. It doesn't have to be the most expensive. It doesn't have to be the you know, the bathrooms may need remodeling, but they can at least be clean when people come over. It can at least be 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 uh, uh, clean and ready and prepared. I'm here to tell you, laziness. Filthiness reveals something about you. It reveals that you're lazy. I'm talking to you teenagers tonight. If you keep the room of yours like a pigsty, it reveals something about you that you need to work on your work ethic. Because Solomon said, Solomon said, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall there was broken down. He said, then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. He said, I learned something. What did he learn? That laziness brings forth filthiness. Cleanliness or the lack thereof reveals something about you. It reveals laziness. But there's a second thing that it reveals about you. Keep your place there in Proverbs 24, if you would. We're going to come back to Proverbs, so I want you to be able to get there quickly. And go with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 28. You're there in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. The mic sounds good. Good job. You guys did a great job this afternoon. Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 28, what does cleanliness reveal about you? First, it reveals laziness. Laziness brings forth filthiness, but it reveals something else. Not only does it reveal laziness, it also reveals sinfulness. You know how sinfulness brings forth filthiness? Isaiah 28, look at verse 7. Notice what the Bible says. But they also have erred. Erred means error, means they've done something wrong. They have also erred through wine and through strong drink. Wine is strong drink there is referring to alcohol. It says, but they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priests and the prophets have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. Why don't you notice how the Bible describes drunkenness? It says they err in vision, they stumble in judgment. Look at verse 8. For all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. You know what the Bible tells you the truth about everything? The Bible tells you the truth about what the world lies about. See, the world, when the world advertises uh, drunkenness, you know how the world advertises it? Everyone's young. Everyone's fit. Everyone's clean. You've got all these young people uh, at the beach with their, uh, you know, you got this young guy with his shirt off and he's got a six-pack and you've got these uh, uh, young ladies and everybody's having a good time. They're getting drunk. That's how the world advertises beer and alcohol and drunkenness. But they don't tell you the truth. You want to know the truth? The truth is in the Bible. It says they err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there is no place clean. That's the truth about alcohol. 
You, you young people, you don't need to go into a bar and experience that. Let me tell you what a bar, uh, it's dirty, it's grimy, it's dark, it's full of vomit, it smells like piss. It's, they show you this young guy with, with, with a six-pack. That guy's never drank a beer in his life. Right. It's called a beer belly. Yeah. Amen. But you know what? You know, that, you know that sin is filthy? Amen. Alcohol is filthy. Right. You go and get drunk, you're going to be filthy. You're going to wake up in, a, in your own vomit, wake up not remembering the great time you had. Great wake up and filthy. And look, all sin is filthy. You know what smoking is filthy? Talk about smoking cigarettes, smoking pot. Literally putting smoke down your lungs. It's filthy. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings if you smoke here. I'm not, I'm not mad at you, but you ought to quit. It's not good for your health, and it's not honoring to the Lord. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Amen. It's a filthy sin. It makes your teeth yellow. It makes your lungs black. It, it's, it, it makes you smell bad. See, sin is filthy. Alcohol is filthy. Smoking is filthy. Hey, you know drugs are filthy? See, this is why you go to the ghettos. This is why you go to the homeless camps. And not only do you see a bunch of laziness, you see a, lot, a bunch of sinfulness. That's why they live that way. Yeah, fornication is filthy. Yeah, sleeping around is filthy. Hey, you, you young kids, you got to know, if you go around sleeping around with anybody and everybody that gives you attention, you're going to get all sorts of filthy and nasty diseases. It's disgusting. See, filthiness, filthiness reveals something about you. It reveals sinfulness. It reveals laziness. 2 Corinthians, keep your place in Proverbs. Go, go to 2 Corinthians if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. But that's why Jesus wants to be the soap that cleans you up. Amen. And by the way, when he cleanses you of sin, it, it's funny how the rest of you physically start being clean too. Amen. Starts cleaning you up physically. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, notice what the Bible says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So I said number one tonight, what cleanliness reveals about you, it reveals uh, laziness. The lack thereof reveals laziness. It reveals sinfulness. What does your cleanliness reveal about you? Does it reveal a lazy and a sinful individual? I'd like you to notice, secondly, tonight, go with me, if you would, to the book of Titus, Titus chapter number 2. If you find all the T-books, they're all clustered together towards the end of the New Testament. You've got all, if you can find the T-books, they're all together. 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus. 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus. Titus chapter number 2. I said number 1 tonight, what Colonius reveals about you, it reveals laziness and it reveals sinfulness. I want you to notice, secondly, let's talk about who is responsible for cleaning. Who is responsible for being clean? Titus chapter 2, look at verse 3. Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, the Bible says this, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. I want you to notice that here we're being told that the aged women ought to teach the younger women to do certain things. They are to be sober. They are to love their husbands. They are to love their children. Notice uh, 
that they're supposed to, uh, in verse 5 it says, to be discreet, chaste, and then I want you to notice these words, keepers at home. Keepers at home. Now, oftentimes, we, we look at this phrase, and we refer to it as someone who stays home, what we would call a stay-at-home wife or a stay-at-home mom, and that's definitely, there's nothing wrong with, with, with seeing that in that phrase, but keepers at home means more than staying home. It means keeping the home. It's where we get our modern phrase, housekeeping, or a housekeeper. See, someone who keeps is someone who takes care of, someone who guards and protects and takes care of. And here, we are told that the women are to be keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So let's talk about this, because my wife and I, over the years, have gotten a lot of questions about, you know, who is responsible for cleaning and who's supposed to clean the house and take care of the house. And I've got several statements here, one, two, three, four, five, six different statements I want to make. Let me give these to you and, uh, you know, before I, let me get to all six before you get all upset, all right? First first is this, stay-at-home wives should have the primary responsibility of cleaning the home. This is what the Bible teaches. I know that Oprah Winfrey doesn't like that and Hillary Clinton doesn't like that, but that's what the Bible teaches. The primary responsibility of a stay-at-home wife is for her to clean the home. The Bible says that she, they are to be keepers at home. Stay-at-home wives should have the primary responsibility of cleaning the home. Here, and, and here's what sometimes people don't understand. They don't understand that they, 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 they think, oh, we're independent fundamental Baptists. My husband goes to work, and I just hang out at home. No, no, no. You're not, you're, you, you, and, and sometimes wives themselves, they have this idea. They say, oh, I don't work. Well, if you're not working, you're not doing it right. You're, you're supposed to be working at home. You're supposed to be keeping the home. You're supposed to be working. Look, don't you expect your husband to get up early, get dressed, and go to work and work hard all day long? Don't you expect that, ladies? You're not supposed to say amen, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Maybe some of your husbands would say amen. I mean, don't, don't you expect that? Don't you expect that your husband would go and get dressed for the day and go to work and put in a few hours, take his, uh, his break and, and, and relax a little bit for 15 minutes, then go work again, take a lunch break, work and work hard throughout the day in order to provide for you and your children because he loves you. Don't you expect that? Well, you know what? God also expects for you ladies to get up, get dressed for the day and work all day. Your job's not to just be at home in your pajamas all day on Facebook. You're supposed to be a keeper at home, keeping the home. You say, who is responsible for cleaning? Stay-at-home wives should have the primary responsibility of cleaning the home. Proverbs 31, if you would, go back. To, if you kept your place in Proverbs, Proverbs 31. We looked at, I read to you Proverbs a little bit from Proverbs 31 this morning. I want to read to you uh, one verse that we read this morning and then a different verse from the same passage. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Notice again that Proverbs 31 is about this virtuous woman. Remember we saw this morning that her husband doth, save, uh, doth uh, uh, trust in her. But I want you to notice in verse 27, Proverbs 31 and verse 27, notice what it says about this virtuous woman. She looketh well to the ways of her household. She looketh well to the ways of her household. What does that mean? It means that she's a keeper at home. It means that she keeps the home well. 
She tends to the uh, things of the home well. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Notice, and eateth not the bread of idleness. He's saying she's not idle. She's not just watching soap operas all day, on Facebook all day, doing nothing all day. She's busy about her business. When we ask the question, biblically, who's responsible for cleaning? Stay-at-home wives should have the primary responsibility of cleaning the home. Go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Sometimes you, you, you preach this and, and people will say, or you get an email or whatever, and people will say, well, Pastor, you don't understand, you know, I, 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 I've got six kids, and, you know, my wife and I have six kids. I've got all these kids, and, and, and they, they make messes, and it's impossible for me to, to clean up after uh, uh, all these children and, 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 and all these things. You know, it's not, it's not meant uh, for one person to have that big of a load. And, be, and I would say to that, you're right. See, the primary responsibility of, of being a stay-at-home wife is that uh, you should be, uh, be taking care of the home, the work of the home, and cleaning the home. You say, I've got all these kids. Well, children should learn. Here's statement number two. Children should learn and work in the cleaning of the house. You say, I've got all these kids. They make messes. Well, here's what my wife says all the time to the, the children. If you can help make the mess, you can help clean the mess. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. You know, we're supposed to be training our children to become mature adults. And part of that training is teaching them to clean up after themselves. So you say, I've got all these kids. That's why my house is a mess. Well, you've got all these kids, so you've got to train them and put them to work to help you clean. You say, oh, okay, well, if that's the case, I don't have all these kids. Well, if you don't have a bunch of kids, then your house should not be that dirty. <laughs> it's kids who make a mess. You know, if you, if, 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 when you've got these uh, empty nesters and all their kids have left the house and it's just them two, you know, their house is like, a, it, it can be like a museum unless you're, you're married a slob of a husband. And, if the, you know, that may be the case too. But the point is this, children should learn and work in the cleaning of the home. Train up a child in the way you should go. Look, children should learn to clean. Children should learn to clean after themselves. Children should be expected to clean. And by the way, all children, male and female. I don't know where this, this there's this crazy idea people often are bringing up to me. Oh, you, you know, I don't have my, my male children clean the house. That's, that's girls' work. No, no, no. It's girls' work till they get married and support a wife. Till then, they should clean up after themselves. Boys and girls should learn to clean should learn to, to uh, and I'm saying, look, you ought to teach your kids to do the laundry, you ought to teach your kids to vacuum the house, you ought to teach your kids to sweep, you ought to keep, and look, training, training on cleanliness requires a lot, it, it actually requires a lot of training. If you don't teach somebody to clean, they, they, they won't. Our natural uh, inclination is to be these pigs, to be, to take the path of least resistance. You have to actually teach people to be clean. I remember my wife and I, when we were teenagers, uh, we, we, I, I worked at Subway. That's where I met my wife. We worked at Subway when we were kids. And when we worked at Subway, we had, there was this girl that uh, was hired. I won't say her name just in case she's watching on live stream, which I doubt, but <laughs> you never know. I don't want to get sued or something. And uh, there was this girl I got hired, and this girl, you could tell she, she, she's like this only child or something. She'd never been asked to do anything in the house. And like, we're like, hey, you know, the lobby needs to get swept. And she went out there, you know, and she's, she's kind of looking at us like, 
you know, a deer in the headlights type thing, and we hand her a broom. She goes out in the lobby, and like a cartoon character, she starts doing this. <laughs> and she did this for about five minutes, and she said, all done. And we're like, um, the lobby is still filthy. And we have to teach her, like, you know, cartoons do this. When, when you actually uh, have a broom and you actually have a floor to sweep, you actually have to sweep up, pile up all the dirt and the trash on the floor. And then you take, uh, then you, 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 you pick it up into a dustpan. Then you take it to the trash. It's not just enough. You, you, you tell a kid, wipe, wipe the counter. And they're just like, done. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. You have to actually take a rag wet or you know take some sort of cleaner and you have to actually clean you see that you see that stain there you got to actually put some elbow grease into it we're actually we're, we're not just trying to go through the motions like we did something we actually want to clean and you need to train your children to do that train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it so you say i've got all these kids you know they keep the house filthy we'll put them to work and train them and look i'm not trying to say oh it's easy you got these kids just put them on look it, it, it's a lot of work to train children uh to work but look that's your job you god gave you children to train them and part of being a mature adult is that they grow up and know how to clean so, when it comes to who's responsible for cleaning, number one, stay-at-home wives should have the primary responsibility of cleaning the home. Number two, children should learn and work in the cleaning of the, ho- uh, of the home. Number three, now look, it's going to get worse before it gets better, okay? Just stick with me. I've got six of these statements. Number three, men who work full-time jobs and provide for their families should not be expected to do the housekeeping at home. I realize that that's not a popular thing to say today, but listen, ladies, if, if your husband goes to work and provides for your family on a single income and allows you the, the God, your God-given right of staying home and, 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 and being with your children at home, he should not be expected to go to work and then come home and do the laundry. He should not be expected to go to work and then come home and have to clean up. He should not be expected to go to work and then come home and, 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 and make dinner. You're home all day. You say, I don't work. No, yeah, I know. You're supposed to be working. Your job when you're a homekeeper, a housekeeper, is to keep the home. So if you have a husband who works a full-time job and, and provides for the family and allows you to be able to stay home, then he should not be expected to do the housekeeping. He should not be expected to do the cleaning. He should not be expected to do the laundry. He should not be expected to do the cooking. That's your job. I mean, your, your, your husband goes off to work and, and works in construction all day. If he, if he doesn't get it done, does he expect you to come, you know, once his work's over and Honey, I need you to help me, you know, finish putting this drywall up, and I didn't, I didn't do that work. <laughs> F- finish, I, I need you to finish installing this, or I need you to finish. But yet he comes home, and because you didn't do what you were supposed to do, now he's expected to do it? Men who work full-time jobs and provide for their families should not be expected to do a housekeeping uh, of the home. Now, with that said, let me say this. Husbands, here's statement number four. Husbands who work full-time jobs would be wise to help from time to time in the housekeeping uh, uh, work of their house. Look, when when your wife is sick, she's not feeling well, or or your wife just had a baby, or, you know, there's some unusual circumstance, then, then it would be wise of you to say, hey, you know, honey, you're not feeling well, let me take care of dinner. 
You know, if, if your wife uh, just had a baby, you know, our church, we try to help with that and the ladies provide meals and all that. But what I'm saying is this, your wife just had a surgery, you're, there, there's something going on that's not the norm, it's not uh, uh, unusual, uh, then, then yeah, look, Men should not be, who work full-time jobs and provide for their families, should not be expected to do the housekeeping uh, of the home. But husbands who work full-time jobs would be wise to help from time to time. If their wife's sick, she's not feeling well, they, 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 she just had a baby, there's some sort of unusual circumstance. Or just to be nice. Just to be nice and to be a blessing to your wife. So I'm not saying that husbands should never make dinner or husbands should never, uh, uh, you know, help out uh, around the house. But here's what I am saying. It shouldn't be expected. If you're a stay-at-home wife and your husband works hard all day, he shouldn't be expected to come home and do the dishes. Now, if he comes home and does the dishes because he loves you and he just wants to give you a break or you're not feeling well or whatever it might be, that's great. And I think it would be wise of husbands to do that, to just be nice and to, to try to pitch in around the house. You know, you're, you're throwing some big birthday party where you're inviting all these people to your house, you know, uh, Guys, don't, don't just sit there on the couch on, uh, with, your, you know, with your feet up while your wife does everything. You know? uh, in, our, in our home, I'll be honest with you, and it's very rare that I do the dishes or clean or anything like that. But some, from time to time, if we've got some big event where my wife is inviting 30 people because I decided 10 years ago that I wanted to start a church, then yeah, I'm going to help her. You know? Now, it's, it's, it's rare. Because I'm busy and I work and I've got things to do as well. But I'm just saying this, from time to time, from time to time, it's good for a husband to, it would be wise for him to uh, help from time to time. Here's uh, statement number five. Stay-at-home wives. And I'm, you say, why are you covering this? Because my wife and I have been asked this so many times throughout the years. So stay-at-home wives should have the primary responsibility of cleaning the home. Children who should learn to work in the cleaning of the home. And if you don't have children, then your house shouldn't be that dirty, so you can take care of it. And if you have a lot of kids and it gets really messy, then train them to help you. Uh, number three, men who work full-time jobs and provide for their families should not be expected to do the housekeeping uh, of the home when they come home from work. Uh, number four, husbands who work full-time jobs, it would be wise for them to help from time to time in the housekeeping. Number five, stay-at-home wives should not be responsible for the lawn care, maintenance, or repair of the home. All right, guys? You, you, some of you are like, yeah, I'm not supposed to do anything once I get home, so get out there and mow the lawn. No, no. That's manual labor, all right? So look, just because your wife stays home, if something needs to be repaired, that's your job, man. If, some, if the lawn care uh, you know, has to be done, that's, it's your job to do that. Now, let, let me just say this, because you know, I make statements, and I'm preaching to 150 people, 160 people, and I'm making these general statements. Everybody has all these, you know, what about this, what about that? Here, here's the point. Obviously, from time to time, if your wife, you know, it's okay. If she enjoys gardening, then praise the Lord for it. Or if she just wants to be a blessing to you and do something, that's fine. I'm not saying that, that, that a wife can't go outside and, and, and do something, but I'm just saying this. Generally speaking, husbands, yeah, you work. You work a full-time job, but you know what? It's your job to clean up the outside, do all that manual labor, um, and, and, and take care of those things for your wife. You say, well, I don't know how to do it, or I don't have the time to do it. Then hire somebody to do it. But don't make your wife do it. 
She's got six kids. She's homeschooling, create, you know, doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for, caring for everything in the home, and then she has to go mow the lawn? Stay-at-home wives should not be responsible for the lawn care, the maintenance, or the repairs of the home. Obviously, from time to time, it's okay. And if they enjoy stuff like that, look, if they enjoy gardening, and they go out there and rake the leaves, whatever, that's great. And you guys, if you enjoy cooking and you cook on Friday night, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying you shouldn't be expected to do it. Number six, if a wife works, if a wife works, then the cooking and cleaning should not fall solely on her, but it should be divided between the husband and wife, something you never thought you'd hear from a fundamental Baptist hate group cult leader. Look, you guys, you, you got a really sweet deal when you sent your wife to work for 40 weeks and then, and then she comes home and you're like, the Bible says you're supposed to cook dinner. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? The Bible says you're not supposed to go work for 40 hours either. Amen. So if she's, if she's going to work, then, then split the chores. Amen. If she's going to work, then, then you cook Taco Tuesday and she cooks, <laughs> I don't know, lasagna Wednesday or whatever. You don't, don't pull this thing out. Oh, you're going to go to work and do what God told me to do, and then you're also going to do what God told her to do. No, no, no. Look, if, if she stays home, then she ought to keep for the home. That's her job, to keep the home and run it well. You go to work. But if, if both of you work, then, then both of you should split the chores. It's, it's the only fair thing. You know, if, if both of you, if she goes off to work, then it, it's not right. And you say, why are you bringing this up? Because people think this way. They, they send their wife to go work for 40 hours a week, and then, and then they come home while they got their feet propped up, and they're like, the Bible says you're supposed to cook dinner. Submit. It's like, no. You, you sent her off to work, so you should help out. So if a wife works, then the cooking and cleaning should not fall solely on her shoulders. It should be divided between the husband and wife, and uh, hopefully that helps and uh, gives you some answers. I don't know. You probably hate me, or I don't know what you... Just do what the Bible says, all right? Number one. Cleanliness reveals, about, reveals some things about you. It reveals laziness. It reveals sinfulness. Who's responsible for cleaning? It should be, if, if your wife stays at home, then it should be the stay-at-home wife. If you have children, sh- children should help. Men should not be expected to do it, but it would be wise for them to do it from time to time. Ladies should not be expected to take care of the lawn or the maintenance or repair. But if a wife works, then, 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 then those things should not fall solely on her shoulders. The cooking and the cleaning and those things should be uh, broken up uh, between the two of you. Now, let's talk about, so, so we talked about what cleanliness reveals about you. We talked about, number two, who's responsible for cleaning. Let's talk about, thirdly, some basic rules for cleanliness. Some basic rules for cleanliness. Go to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. And you'll be surprised how much the Bible talks about. It's just some basic rules for cleanliness. And look, I realize that 99% of you don't need this. I get that. I I don't think you're stupid. But I know this. There's that 1% that needs it. (laughs) Who, Who just never had a mom or dad that taught them these things. So pastor has to come in and be mom for, for a little bit and say, let me teach you some things that maybe nobody ever explained to you. But you know what? Also, children need to be taught these things. And you need to teach these things to your children. And yeah, they might you know, figure it out eventually. But look, wouldn't you, rather, wouldn't you rather be like the most awesome mother-in-law who taught her son how to like properly care for himself 
not him having to figure it out because his wife's just like, what is wrong with you? Or you were raised in a pigsty? Or you were raised in a barn? You know, we ought to teach these things to our children. So there are some areas in regards to cleanliness, and I'm going to divide this into two sections. One section is personal hygiene, and one section is housekeeping, all right? Now, I'll be honest with you. The personal hygiene section, I, I kind of stole this from Pastor Anderson. There's a sermon that he preached, like, back in 2006, a long time ago, where he gave these Ten Commandments for cleanliness. And I took his Ten Commandments. I didn't take them word for word. I kind of changed them a little bit. Uh, but they're pretty much his uh, Ten Commandments. And then I'm going to give you some rules for housekeeping. But here's some uh, Ten Commandments or Ten Thoughts in regards to personal hygiene. Number one, wash your hands before you eat or after touching something dirty. I, I know, it's basic. But hey, you know what? When COVID happened, you know what everybody was telling you? Wash your hands. Well, you know what? The Bible's been saying that for a long time. Exodus chapter 30, verse 19. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. The Bible talks about washing your hands a lot, all throughout the Bible. I'm not going to run through all the verses. I'll just give you some things. But let me just tell you this. This phrase, wash their hands, is found five times in the Bible. Where we're talking about washing hands. Now, some, in the New Testament, there's these... Uh, Pharisees who are looking down on Jesus for not washing hands. So we obviously don't want to become these pharisaical, hypocritical attitude about it. But you know, the Bible says that people ought to wash their hands. The Bible teaches all throughout the Old Testament that the priests and the children of God were supposed to wash their hands. Uh, and and so, so here's one uh, rule for personal hygiene. Wash your hands before you eat or after touching something dirty or after going to the restroom. I'm not trying to get too descriptive. Uh, you know, just wash your hands. All right? Wash your hands. You're not sure how to do it. Pull up a COVID uh, instructional video. You know, it requires soap. It requires uh, rubbing your hands together. You're, you're supposed to sing uh, happy birthday or something like that. And you're so, you should wash your hands. So number one, wash your hands before you eat or after touching something dirty. Number two, bathe or take a shower regularly. Bathe or take a shower regularly. Look, you ought to take a shower at least once a week, whether you need it or not, okay? And, but honestly, it should probably be a lot more than that. Now, now, here's the thing, though. When it comes to bathing, and I'm not trying to be funny. I, I'm, I'm, be, I'm being serious. You know, some people require it more than others because of just the smells that come from their body. I don't know how else to say it. Or some people require it more than others because of their work. Obviously, if you go to work every day where you're just getting filthy and sweaty and, and, and dirty, then you need to just come home and take a shower every day. You know, but you may have a job where that's not the case. You're sitting at a computer all day long or whatever. So the point is this. Wash your, uh, uh, you know, bathe yourself or, or shower uh, regularly. This is something that's found a lot in the Bible. I'm not going to make you run all the verses, but I'll just give you some examples. Um, this phrase, wash himself in water, is found one time in the Bible. Bathe himself in water is found 11 times in our King James Bible. Bathe his flesh in running water is found one time in the Bible. Wash all his flesh in water one time in the Bible. Be washed with water one time in the Bible. So look, the Bible teaches a lot about the fact that we should bathe and take showers. You ought to do that on a regular uh, basis. Number three, go, go to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. So you ought to wash your hands before you eat or after touching something dirty or going to the restroom. You ought to bathe or take a shower regularly. Number three, you should change your clothes and put on clean clothes every day. And again, look, these are things that children need to be taught. Exodus 19, verse 10. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. The phrase, wash his clothes, is found 28 times in our King James Bible. So you know what? God wants you to wash your clothes. You ought to change your clothes and put on clean clothes every day. And by the way, you know that in heaven you're going to have clean clothes? You have to turn there to Revelation 19. You go to Amos, if you would, towards the end of the Old Testament. You have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. While you go there, let me read to you from Revelation 19. Revelation 19 and verse 14. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. You know, first thing you're going to do when you get to heaven, they're going to say, put on some clean clothes. Change your clothes and put on clean clothes every day. Now look, you may not shower every day, but you ought to put some clean clothes on every day. Number four. Now look, I don't have verses for all of these. I have a verse for this one, and then some of these I'm just going to give to you. But, um, but I have a verse for this one. You ought to brush your teeth. You ought to brush your teeth every day. You said there's a teeth brushing verse, kind of. Amos 4, verse 6. Learn what the Bible says. I also have given you cleanness of teeth. <laughs> you know, hey, God wants, God said, I've given you cleanness of teeth when he gave you a toothbrush and when he blessed you with a toothpaste. So brush your teeth every day. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and want of bread in all your places and have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. So, um, you know, God wants your teeth to be clean. In fact, he refers to having clean teeth as a blessing. So brush your teeth every day. I don't have verses for the rest of these. Let me just give them to you. Number five, wear deodorant. And look, you young people, once you hit puberty, you need to put on deodorant. Whether you think you need it or not, put it on. Amen. Wear deodorant. And if anybody has ever, like, alluded to, joked with you, or made any sort of comment about maybe the possibility of you needing deodorant, you need a deodorant. So put it on. Wear deodorant. Number six, cut your fingernails and toenails and keep them clean. Number seven, get a haircut on a regular basis. Now, there's actually a verse I could have gotten to this because, you know, the Bible says, men, that God wants you to have short hair. Amen. It's, it's women that are supposed to have long hair. But you know what? Even, even when you have long hair, you should cut your hair uh, regularly, ladies, and make sure that it's well kept. So get a haircut on a regular basis as needed. Obviously, ladies probably don't need it as much as uh, men do, but get a haircut on a regular basis. Number eight, comb your hair and keep it clean. Comb your hair and keep it clean. So you ought to get a haircut on a regular basis, and you ought to comb your hair uh, to keep it clean. Or, guys, get a haircut that doesn't require you to comb your hair. You know, I've got a haircut. I don't comb, I don't, I don't comb my hair. But it's not long enough to, you know, the Air Force gave me this haircut. I just kept it because I don't like looking in the mirror. So, you know, get a haircut on a regular basis, comb your hair, and, uh, and keep it clean. Number nine, go to Second uh, Chronicles 29, if you would. 2 Chronicles 29, you've got the 1 and 2 books in the Old Testament. You've got 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 29. 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 29. These are just some, some basic rules for cleanliness. Wash your hands before you eat or after touching something dirty or going to the restroom, number two, bathe or take a shower regularly. Number three, change your clothes and put on clean clothes every day. Number four, brush your teeth every day. Number five, wear deodorant. Number six, cut your fingernails and toenails and keep them clean. Number seven, get a haircut on a regular basis. Number eight, comb your hair and keep it clean. Number nine, this was for the men. Be clean shaven or keep your mustache or beard trimmed and clean. 
You know, if, if you're going to have a mustache or a beard, keep it clean. Keep it, you know, trimmed. Don't, don't look like Duck Dynasty or some weird, you know, repent of your soul's cult and you've got like hamburger and macaroni and cheese in your beard or something. Um, keep it trimmed, keep it clean, or just be clean shaven or whatever. Um, and then number 10, ladies, shave your legs and underarms. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Second Chronicles 29. Look at verse 5. 2 Chronicles 29, 5. You, you think these things don't need to be preached, but, you know, you pastored for 10 years. 2 Chronicles 29. We might add this to the discipleship course. 2 Chronicles 29. Look at verse 5. And said unto them, 2 Chronicles 29, 5, And said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. This is, of course, the great uh, revival of uh, Josiah. And you know how the revival began? By them deciding they're going to go into the house of God and clean it up. Look at verse 15. And they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And the priest went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron. Now they began at the first day of the first month to sanctify. And on the eighth day of the month came they to the porch of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And in the sixteenth day of the first month, they made an end. Look at verse 18. Then they went into uh, uh, Hezekiah. Excuse me. I said Josiah. This is Hezekiah. Unto, into Hezekiah king, the king and said, notice what they said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord and the altar of burnt offering with all the vessels thereof and the showbread table with all the vessels thereof. So notice, it says that they went and cleansed all the house of the Lord. Go to Numbers 31, in uh, verse number 23, towards the beginning of the Bible. Of course, you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Numbers 31. I just want you to notice that they went to the house of God and they cleaned it up. They cleaned up the house of the Lord. In Numbers 31 and verse 23, the Bible says this, Everything that may abide the fire, you shall make it go through the fire. It's talking about cleaning vessels. It says, everything that may go through the fire, you, may, uh, you, sh you shall make it go through the fire, and it shall be clean. And of course, they understood that putting things in, 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 a, in, in a lot of heat would sanitize it and, and cleanse it. But then he says this, nevertheless, it shall be purified with the water of separation, and all that abideth not the fire, you shall make go through the water. So he's talking about these vessels, and he says, look, if the vessel is made out of something where you could just put it into the fire, then the fire will cleanse it and sanitize it. But if it's something that you can't put into fire, like if it's made out of wood or, or pottery or something that you can't put into fire, then he says, then, then run it through the water. You, sh you shall make go through the water. So what's he talking about? He was talking about washing uh, uh, vessels, like washing dishes. And we saw in Second Chronicles 29 about the cleansing the house of the Lord. And they have cleansed all the house of the Lord. So let's talk about housekeeping. Let me just give you some, some uh, basic rules in regards to uh, housekeeping. And look, I'm not going to sit here and teach you how to clean your house, all right? Somebody else can help you with that. I'm sure there's lots of ladies that can teach you that or YouTube videos or whatever. But let me just give you some, some tips or some things that, that, um, 
people sometimes don't do that are maybe a little more common, but you should do in order to have a clean home. Because remember, what does uh, cleanliness reveal about you? It reveals that you're a hard worker or it reveals that you're lazy. Uh, so here are some things that you ought to do in regards to cleanliness. Number one, don't allow dirty dishes to stay in the sink overnight. You ought to just have a rule that every night you clean up the kitchen, you clean all the dishes, and you put them away. It's not sanitary to allow dirty dishes to stay in the sink uh, overnight. Number two, when you do laundry, fold it and put it away immediately. Don't do this thing where you do the laundry and then it's just, and then you're just putting clean clothes into, into hampers or just having it on piles on the floor or on beds. Look, if you're, if you're going to do the laundry, do the laundry. And, 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 you know, don't just have the washing machine do the laundry and the dryer. Get the clothes out and fold it and put it away immediately. And if you say, yeah, but I got all these kids, then teach them how to fold clothes and have them help you. But um, when you do laundry, fold it and put it away immediately. Number three. Do not throw wet towels or dirty clothes on the floor. It's not sanitary. If, 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 look, if you're in a hotel or something and they tell you to put all your dirty towels on the floor, okay, whatever. They've got housekeepers that are going to come pick that up in, in less than 24 hours. But in your house, don't get in this habit where you just take, you know, uh, dirty towels and dirty clothes and just kids are notorious for this or sometimes husbands, they just, you know, take their dirty clothes and just throw them all over the floor. There's a dirty hamper for uh, a laundry hamper for a reason. So do not throw wet towels or dirty clothes on the floor. Put them in the laundry hamper because you don't want to just have a bunch of dirty clothes just all around the area where you live. There's, there's a place that you've set aside to put things that are not clean that need to be clean. And by the way, that's why you don't want to throw a bunch of clean clothes into a dirty ha a hamper that is meant to have all these dirty clothes in it. You know, so fold it and put it away. Number four, uh, excuse me, number five. Get dressed for the day every day. Do not stay in your pajamas all day. And yeah, you have to say that in a church that has, you know, 90 kids that are being homeschooled. Okay? Your husband has to get up and go to work every day, and he doesn't get to show, unless he works at the most ghetto Walmart, he doesn't get to show up in his pajamas. You know, his shift starts at 2 a.m. at Walmart, and everybody's in their pajamas. But you know what? They're all ghetto. All right, so get up, get dressed for the day, have your kids get dressed for the day, and you say, well, we homeschool. Yeah, but you know what? You, ought, you, you shouldn't just be in your pajamas lounging around all day. Get dressed for the day. Do not stay in your pajamas all day. Number six, get in the habit of providing your household with napkins or paper, paper towels during meal times, and encourage everyone, especially young children, to use them. Do not allow them to wipe their face on their clothing. Who's ever seen little kids? They're just, you know, at our home, you know, we set the table. And when I say we set the table, I mean my wife and children, you know. But, you know, when we have dinner every night and the table gets set and there's napkins at every place and, and everything they need. And there's a napkin right next to them. And you see little kids are just like, you know, just cleaning. You got to teach them that's what the napkin's for. That's what the paper towel's for. So get in the habit of providing your household. Because look, if you don't provide your kids with napkins, then yeah, they're going to just you know, wipe their hands on, on, the, on the walls and on their clothes and everywhere else. Get in the habit of providing your household with napkins or paper towels during mealtimes and encourage everyone, especially young children, 
or your husband, if he's never been taught, to use them, do not allow them to wipe their face on their clothing. You know, that's not cleanliness. That's not sanitary. Number seven, understand the difference between picking up and cleaning up. Understand the difference between picking up and cleaning up. You say, this is new doctrine for me. I've never heard this. (laughs) Picking up is just putting things away and putting things back in their rightful place and and, and, and organizing it. Sometimes what I've noticed is that people who, who don't have children, they don't really understand the difference between picking up and cleaning up. Or, or people who have, their children have been out of their house for a long time, they, they seem to forget the difference. But when you have little kids, you, you understand the difference between picking up and cleaning up. Because picking up is something, in our house, picking up gets done like five times a day. Picking up is just, you know, when you're living life, you know, we got six kids, so we're home, my wife's homeschooling, I'm, I'm working in my office at home, and she's homeschooling the children, and they've got their school books, and they're doing whatever, and the, the little ones maybe aren't doing school, so they're playing, or as the younger ones finish up school and the older ones continue, they start to play, and they're getting their toys out, they're doing this, they're doing that, you know, and, and it can become a little bit of a mess from time to time, so every once in a while, my wife just kind of stops and says, all right, time to pick up, and everybody goes through and starts picking up all the things and starts putting them away where they go. That's picking up. Now you say, well, yeah, Pastor, we know that. Okay, well, here's the thing. Picking up is not cleaning. I'm trying to help some of your wives out. Cleaning requires soap. Cleaning requires dusting. It requires wiping. It requires cleaner. It requires disinfectant. It requires, you know, water. It, it requires picking up. It's just you're picking things up. And, and here's, here's the point. Because uh, my, my wife, after, before we were married, after she uh, quit Subway, you know, we met at Subway. I'm telling you my whole, our whole life story. She, was, uh, she, she worked as a maid for a while. You know, at a company where she would get paid and she'd go to all these, she'd go to like the, a mansion owned by a king's player and clean it and all, she went to all these cool places to clean up. But here's the thing, if you hired a maid, you know, they're going to come in and clean, but you know what they tell you you have to do? You have to pick up before they can clean. You know, they're not going to come in and pick up all your dirty, t- uh, you know, socks and put them away. You're supposed to pick up the house. And then they're going to come in and they're going to scrub the baseboards. They're going to wipe down the counter. They're going to wash the windows. Those are two different things. So look, you ought to be picking up, ladies, especially if you have kids. You need to be picking up every day, probably multiple times a day. But you also need to be actually cleaning from time to time. And I'm not saying you need to clean your whole house um, all the time, but you need to get on some sort of a schedule where you're, look, windows need to be wiped down from time to time. And, you know, honestly, and I don't know, you guys, you ladies can talk about it. I, I don't, I'm just preaching the sermon. I'm just the pastor. I, I I'm, not, I'm not a housekeeper. My, my wife's the expert. But I know this, watching my wife, that kitchen gets cleaned every day. You can't feed eight people three times a day using a kitchen and think it's just going to, and think you can just put, pick it up. It needs to be cleaned and wiped down and counters need to be wiped down and cleaned up and wa- dishes need to be washed every day. But you know what? The bathrooms don't get cleaned every day. They get picked up every day, but they get cleaned on a regular basis. You know, and then there are other things that maybe aren't getting cleaned every week, but you need to be cleaning them from time to time. So understand the difference between picking up and cleaning. Because sometimes you can go into a home and it's picked up, but it's dirty. You know, it's not enough to just take things and put them away. Sometimes you have to actually wipe. 
and spray and, and clean and, and vacuum and sweep. You know, and like in our home, we have six kids. I mean, the house gets vacuumed every day. Sometimes multiple, you know, two times a, a day and, and, and swept every day just because we have a lot of kids and it requires that. It may not require that in your home, but understand the difference between picking up and cleaning. Number eight, do not simply put trash by the front door. Take the time to take it out to the trash can. I mean, I'm not going to ask to raise a hand, but this is what you see in the ghettos when we go soul winning. Who's ever gone soul in the ghetto where you knock on a door and just write, you know, there's just this, this bag of trash with dirty diapers and food and all these, you know, uh, flies and whatever, and people just put it at their front door. That's not sanitary. Take the time to walk to the trash can and put it in the trash can. And if you got some, you know, well-bodied young men in your home, make, it's their job to take the trash out. Do not simply put trash by the front door. Take the time to take it out to the trash can. Number nine, make your bed every day. Make your bed every day. Every day you got to make your bed, you got to get dressed, you got to brush your teeth. This is deep doctrine you're getting tonight. (laughs) Number ten, here's a good one. Clean as you go. Get in the habit of cleaning things and putting them away after the use. You know, if you, you, you're, you're, you pull something out to use it in the kitchen, then just get in the habit of right then and there, cleaning it up, putting it away. Um, you know, clean as you go. Get in the habit of, as you're using things or whatever, clean it up, get it put away, put it in the dirty hamper, put it away, but try to keep the house and the place clean. Go to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Hopefully you kept your place in Proverbs, Proverbs 14. All right, let me give you two closing thoughts for this deep sermon on cleanliness. And you know, you might think it's funny, but honestly, there's some young guys that are just like, what? Brush my teeth every day. Let me give you some thoughts, some closing thoughts. Okay, number one, be balanced. Okay, have a balanced life when it comes to cleanliness. We're, don't become this germophobic clean freak, all right? That's not what this sermon's about. Don't become this uptight, you know, just you're going to put on a white glove like you're in the military or something and, and make sure that, that, the, that the, the, the T-shirts are folded exactly the way they're supposed to be folded and they've got the right crease on the, on, on, on the mattress. You know, don't be balanced, all right? And especially if you have children, realize that if you've got kids, they're gonna, no matter how good your kids are, no matter how well you train them, no matter how uh, good of a job you do, they're going to make messes. Proverbs 14, look at verse 4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. You know, sometimes kids are just going to make a mess. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. And you know, what? where no children are, the crib is clean. So just realize, don't, don't have this, this thing where you have to have this immaculate museum of a house or else you cannot be content because that's what your mother-in-law has. But you know what? But your mother-in-law doesn't have four tod- you know, a, a toddler and, and four other kids in her house either. So just have a balance. We, look, your house, you should try to maintain cleanliness. You should try to be clean. But realize, especially if you have a lot of kids, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking because we've got a lot of families with a lot of kids. 
We've got a homeschool group with like 96 kids in our homeschool group. There's a lot of ki- kids in our church. And just maintain a balanced approach to life and realize where no oxen are, the crib is clean. Now, don't use that as an excuse to be lazy and be filthy, but just realize that you, you got to hit the right extremes. Don't be a clean, germaphobe freak, and, but don't be a slob either. You've got you've, you've to live somewhere in the middle and try to have um, a, a good balance because we're no oxen are the crib is clean. And look, let me just go ahead and say this, and I'm going to say this because we have a church with a family integrated church, homeschool families with a bunch of kids, okay? So let me help you guys out that don't have kids, all right? Either you don't have kids or kids don't live in your house. Do not show up to people's houses, especially if they have small children, unannounced. Okay, you're single and your house is a museum. I get it. Or you're an empty nester and your house is a museum. I get it. But don't just show up at people's house just unannounced. If they've got children, you know, their house is not always guest ready when you have kids. You understand that? Now, look, I'll tell you this. I live in a very clean home. My wife is a very good keeper at home, and, and our house is always clean. I, I never have to just, you know, have a complaint about our house not being clean. But you know what? We have six children, and throughout the day, sometimes the kids make a little bit of a mess, and every once in a while, we have to say, all right, time to pick up, you know? And here's what I'm saying. I can tell you this personally. My house is always clean, but that doesn't mean it's always guest ready. Now, I'm the pastor, so I get it. People just decide to just show up at my doorstep unannounced, and that's okay, but just realize I'm probably just going to talk to you through the, through the, you know, through the, the screen door. Because look, when you have six kids, your house is not just always guest ready. So don't just show up unannounced at people's... I'm just trying to help you guys out. I don't know if that... Look, I'm the pastor. My wife is a pastor's wife, so we're just going to smile and, and say whatever. People are weird. But you know what? If you do that to other people in this church, they're probably going to hate you. So don't do that. Don't just show up at people's houses unannounced. Um, try to live a, a balanced life. Realize that we're no oxen are the crib is clean. And let me just give you one more kind of closing thought. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. You're there in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And look, we don't, I, I'm being honest with you. We don't mind it. You show up at my house and announce, we don't, we don't care. I'm a pastor. We're, we're used to it. But don't do it to other people. It's not, not a good thing to do. And, 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 and by the way, I'm coming over. I'll be there in two minutes. That's showing up unannounced. All right? <laughs> You, you, you want to give them an hour for every kid they've got. They got three kids, okay, hey, I'm going to be there in three hours. You know, and let them run around and throw everything into the closet or whatever they got to do. Ecclesiastes 5, look at verse 11. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? Here we have a verse about just having a lot of stuff. It says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. The more stuff you have, all of a sudden, you start getting a bunch of toys, and you're going to get a, a lot of friends. Be careful about the friends that started coming around when you bought all the fancy toys. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with the eyes? Sometimes you can have so many things that they're not even good to you. Like, you don't have enough time to play with all the things you've got. They're just there, and you're just looking at them. So here's a kind of closing thought when it comes to uh, cleanliness. First of all, be balanced. Here's the second thought. Declutter. Declutter your house. Declutter your life. If, if it's hard for you to keep up the cleaning of your house, you may just have too much stuff in your house. Uh, 
And, and your house will be easier to clean if you just have less stuff. Uh, recently, my wife and a bunch of the ladies from the church, they did this um, challenge. I, I want to say it was the month of June. They did a challenge where they were, they were supposed to throw away, and they're keeping each, each other accountable. They're supposed to throw away something you know, every day based on the number of the day. So on June 1st, they were supposed to pick one thing to throw away. They took a picture of it and said, here's what I'm throwing away. But then on the 2nd, they threw away two things. And on the 3rd, they threw away three things. And on the 4th, they threw away four things and so forth. So by the time they got to day 28, you know, they're finding 28 things in the house to throw away or 31. Look, doing stuff like that is a good idea because we have the tendency to just accumulate a bunch of junk, just a bunch of stuff, you know, and, and you ought you to declutter. You ought to get rid of stuff. You ought to get uh, rid of, uh, try to get rid of things. Go through that attic and just throw things away. Go through that garage and just throw things away. Go through the closets. I mean, at our house, it's like, it, it's like, you know, it, it's like the greatest thing you could do. I mean, the children, the children are bringing things to my wife, and they're like, here's something else we can throw away. And my wife's like, great. You know, we're just trying to throw stuff away. Throw stuff away. Why? Because it just helps you keep the house clean. Don't be a hoarder. Don't be this person that, you know, if you fall over dead from a heart attack, they won't find you for three months because you've got so much garbage in your house. Declutter. Get rid of things. Get rid of stuff. You probably have too much stuff. And look, and at our church, Brother David takes care of a lot of our maintenance. He's just throwing, he's throwing stuff away. Sometimes it gets him in trouble because it's like, no, we needed that. That's the pulpit, brother. <laughs> But, you know, when, when, but a lot of times he's like, hey, pastor, can I throw this away? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I've never even seen that. Just throw it away, you know? And we're just throwing away, throwing away uh, stuff. Look, it's how you keep a house, a place clean. Just, you got, sometimes you got to declutter. Sometimes you got to get rid of stuff. You got to get stuff out of uh, the space you're in. So just, just be mindful of the fact that we ought to be clean people. Not just spiritually clean. Spiritually clean, Amen. Um, but not just spiritually clean. We ought to be physically clean. We ought to be cl- people that are clean people. Why? Because it says something about us. It says something that it says that we're not lazy, and it says that we're not sinful people. Because sinful people live in filthiness. Lazy people live in filthiness. This is about to have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the Bible, and uh, thank you for all these thoughts. And Lord, Lord, I just pray you'd help us to be clean people. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless, uh, just especially these kids. Help them, Lord. Lord, to take some, um, some pride in cleaning up and, and being clean people. In uh, Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, I'm going to